Hey there, how's it going this fine, fine Monday? Welcome to This Week in Liberpods. I am, as always, your host, Nikki P. Setting down to let you know of five new shots of libertarianism via your podcatcher. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. Today's first episode that we're going to look at and have a, have a few little chuckles with... Maybe it gets serious, maybe it doesn't. We're going to take a look at the Punk Rock Libertarians podcast. Now, I know what you're saying. What the hell's punk rock about libertarianism? I personally would argue absolutely everything. DIY ethos, your your whole anti-state agenda. I mean, nothing gets more punk rock to me than that. But uh, let's have a look at Matt Bergman and the guys and what they've got for us this week. Anyways, um, yeah, I think you had cut off David <laughs> before we went down this rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, I think did he was I? saying something, but he probably doesn't remember at this point. Okay, Dave. So, okay, now I want to go from here, and I want to take this to. You want to talk about LP logistics? You want to mm-hmm. talk about? So, so you have this this plan for everybody to follow to to get the best course of. What do you What do you think? What do you think about that? Well. Um, problem i see right now is this somehow despite the fact that we got three percent last year which was you know three times as much as we got uh uh the election before yeah i mean uh, and we didn't have we haven't gotten one percent before that for i don't know how many decades since i think it was anthony brown um so despite these these recent successes we really have a lack of uh grassroots effort on the ground level where we don't have a lot of people showing i don't know if johnson was really a success you know i i feel like uh you know trump was like so bad that you know he he probably should have gotten higher yeah we're we're not really sure whether that being said i I supported johnson out of all the guys running i felt like he was the best option and i do like johnson (laughs) you know um (laughs) i I think the the worst part about uh johnson in uh 2016 was his uh pick of bill weld for, for, for me. Oh least. my God! Well, I mean, uh, Bill I think, Weld. Oh, oh. terrible! But Bill Weld just released a uh, thing for his campaign saying, "I'm Bill Weld. I'm Republican. I'm going to primary Trump." And he just goes off about like we need to protect the environment and we need to have a racist president. It was just, it was an, just awful. I just, I can't believe that they. It, felt it sounds like was, a stunning act of bravery yeah. to me, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> Continue. Yes, uh, much brave. Um, yeah, poor Weld. Uh, bless his heart for trying. I guess. I mean, no, that, that's fuck that be, dude. No, that's gonna be, no, I love it. I mean, let, let him let him run. Let him let him see what he can do. I mean, uh, you know, shake things up. But you know, he's not gonna win. There's no there's there is not a single person uh, on this planet that could that could possibly primary it's, out it's, Trump. It's at not this about point. winning. It's about delivering a message of stunning bravery. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not about he, liberty. You need to be on the right uh, side of history. Uh, for, for Bill Weld, it's not about yeah. liberty. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's trying to sell a book or something. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of money involved in running for president. Yeah. So, so uh, when when we look at uh, you know how we're gonna get liberty in our, in the United States and I don't know how many years or whatnot, we we like to talk about okay, well these are these are the we gotta we gotta work on our messaging right. We gotta get all these people to do agree with us. So you know this is what we'll talk about, but we don't talk about uh, like how we're actually gonna implement the process of, of getting our message out. Um, we do, you know, podcasts, we do uh, Facebook arguments. Uh, I've noticed that uh, after, I don't know how many, eight years of being involved in politics, most of the time when I'm arguing with somebody on Facebook, like they're already set in their lines. But the people 
who vote who have no idea what's going on. Like they're not paying attention to the Mueller report. They're not paying attention to uh, what's happening with uh, Trump and Iran. They're they're just uh, going about their their busy day. So we need to actually reach out to these people, and we're not going to do it on social media. We're not going to do it. Um, yeah, online at all. Like we, we need to start reaching out to these people. Um, the one thing that I've just been tasked with, I am now the uh, volunteer coordinator for the petitioning. Uh, you know, I think you guys were talking about it last uh, last week. We got to get ten thousand signatures uh, in Maryland to get back on the ballot. Uh, that's the minimum. That's uh, ten thousand valid signatures. Yeah, valid. So, so it means you probably get like what fifteen twenty. So the goal is to get fifteen thousand. Yeah. Right now, if we pay somebody to get get them, we, we pay them like three dollars uh, a piece. That's going to be forty five thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Well, we don't have that in the bank. The Libertarian Party of Maryland does not have that yeah. in the bank. That just if we can spend, so we're going to have to raise that money or. We can go out there and we can knock on doors. We can stand out front of grocery stores and stuff like that and uh, and get p- uh, petition signatures. Uh, what I plan on rolling out in Anne Arundel County is we have... Who boy. Little little discussion about the Johnson and Weld campaign. I feel like that's been pretty tread over the, over the years, but apparently there's still some, uh, some content to milk out of it. I like how they were getting into the broader concepts with what the Libertarian Party's purpose actually is. I personally think it has a dual purpose, but if it's going to have any purpose, it really ought to be to spread the message, if I'm being honest. Uh, clearly, some people there don't agree with us. Anyways, let's move right along to our next podcast, which is Enemy of the State's Dank Podstash with Nick Irwin. Or is it No State Nick? I can't remember. He's got some fancy little nickname. I I can't keep track of all this stuff. There's too many people. However, it is a fantastic show, which you are about to get a little taste of. So let's jump on into Enemy of the State's Dank Podstash. Yeah, it seems like things are kind of boiling up a bit, and I'm wondering, I've had a conversation with uh, people outside of the show, it seems like things might boil over uh, in a more intense way that they have than they have before. Um, and I, you know, I deal in memes quite a bit. That's uh, part of the inspiration for mm-hmm. the name of the show. I like the idea, like you said, of pissing people sure, off and sense. making them think about stuff. And the specifically before Area 51, Storm Area 51, you know, reared its head up, um, the Boogaloo memes, you know, a second civil war or collapse of the government, uh, that stuff has been getting really intense. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that mindset around that, that idea that that's going to happen, the, the want for that to happen. And then things like Storm Area 51, and especially the offshoots with Storm the White House, Storm the Federal Reserve, uh, Storm the Vatican, all that stuff. It seems like people are struggling to find an outlet for their frustrations, and it looks like some major dissent might be that outlet. I, I think there's a very big chance of that. I mean, I think one of one of the most interesting debates on this is the debate about Civil War statutes. And I've talked to so many people about this, and most of the people who, who are like, you know, it's part of our history, I don't want to tear it down. Most are people who I, I know are not racist. Many are minorities who, I mean, it wouldn't make any sense for them to, to be racist in that particular way. I think there is this, this, this attempt to classify the Civil War as purely about racism and slavery. And I, I'm not saying that's not a part of it, it's a huge part of it. But there was, in the minds of many, another part, this, this you know, the government can't tell us what to do part. And I think there's a very emotional connection to that for a lot of people. Uh, if you take the show Firefly, which 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 gives a very different perspective on the Civil War, you that I mean that that show caught people's imaginations in a very deep and personal way. And so today, when people are saying we got to tear those statues down, 
I think it, people, it's, it's, it's bothering people, I think, in a way that has nothing to do with race at all. It has nothing to do with slavery at all. It has something to do with, with the feeling that the state is trying to silence one of its enemies. And I think more and more of us are feeling like, well, we're also enemies of the state. We've also been silenced. We're also tired of being silenced. And right now, when you see things like storming Area 51, I think Area 51 is is basically being a symbol of the entire state itself. I think when people are saying, I want to storm Area 51, it's kind of like you're saying, like, I want to punch that guy in the face. You're not necessarily that particular about that it has to be the face, right? It means you just want to damage that person. I think that's the the the, the spirit behind a lot of this. Yeah, that's that's great observation for that. I agree completely. Um yeah, it's, uh, the problem the problem with reaching that boiling point, reaching an economic collapse, whatever you have, um, I don't think that the majority of people would move into a more free way of living uh, if it happened tomorrow. I think people would rebuild government, like no question. I don't think the majority, obviously the majority of people don't That's share. That's something I said. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I've actually made that exact point in many states now at, at their parties. And I've pointed out the simple fact is that if we don't change this culture and we knock down the entire government, we, we, did the, we got the ANCAP dream, no government, that this culture would rebuild this exact government tomorrow. And we saw that earlier this year with the partial government shutdown where, uh, where both Democrats and Republicans, and I don't just mean politicians here, I'm talking about individual citizens, clamored to bring back what little bit of government had been shut down. Even the LNC decried the fact that the shutdown had had uh, had inconvenienced the lives or, or thrown the lives of federal workers into turmoil. Hmm. That's the the Libertarian National Committee is still kind of in, in that mindset. So you know, back to a, like a much earlier point about running for office. To me, we have to change culture. If we change this culture, it's going to knock down this government. And we, we, you know, we see this with marijuana legalization. The culture is okay with marijuana, and soon the government is going to be okay with marijuana, albeit at an unnecessarily highly taxed level. Same way, if we change this culture in other areas, saying, you know, stop worshiping military service, stop joining the military, stop joining the police, but stop joining the police stuff is already working. It is working. I've seen billboards in states that are advertising to join the police department in a different state because the police department's can't get enough people to sign up. So those are the types of, of voluntary, nonviolent opt-outs that reflect positive changes in culture. And those things make a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, okay. So I appreciate that the idea of your campaign is to get the awareness out there. Nothing like a conversation with Arvin Vora to really get you amped up. I may not agree with him on everything, just most everything. And while I may have my issues with his particular method of going out and talking about things, it's hard to argue. He does seem to get the result he wants. Whether or not that's the result you want, I don't know. But fantastic conversation between somebody running for president and someone who doesn't believe there should be a president and can't be bothered to put any effort into it. So, anyways, moving along, we have the Rebel with a Cause. This is uh, my good friend Eric Heiler, and I am excited to finally have an episode of his show up here for all of us to listen to. So let's dig in and have a look at Eric Heiler and the Rebel with a Cause podcast. Social Security, but I mean, we're we're tacking on to the national debt all the time. Like, there's like the unfunded ones, but even even just the national debt that's on the books, like that we can see on the debt clock, is right. more money than I can even 
Like the amount we owe is more than I can even comprehend, you know. Yeah. And there's not there's not a way out of that debt hole. Um, yeah. When you're talking trillions of anything, the, yeah. the trillion number is supposed to be used in scientific calculations. Yeah, yeah we're I not know, talking right? about money. It's supposed to be like almost a theoretical thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I, I, if your if your listeners have never seen a visualization of what a trillion dollars in like stacks of cash looks like compared to a billion or a million or whatever, then I really encourage them to go online and find um, that visualization because it just helps the perspective of yeah. how much money that is. And then we have these insane leftists who are like, not only should we have healthcare for all, but now they've been saying like healthcare for illegal immigrants generally, you know, which yeah, would just be anybody who comes here. World. Yeah. If they yeah. can, if they can plant two feet inside the border. <laughs> yeah. If they, if they can trip across the border, then they get, we will healthcare. pay for their skin knees <laughs> and their broken elbow. Yeah. And, and I just think like that, it's just such a, it's such an unreasonable proposition given the financial situation that we're in. And it's also something that Trump needs to learn as well, because Trump keeps talking about how we have the best economy we've ever had. And that's just nonsense. Um, yeah, it gets really funny because he keeps reminding us almost every time he gets to the podium <laughs> about how great our economy is. I was like, who are you trying to fool? Right. I mean, I mean are you it, trying to convince yourself? So you just have to say it out loud every time. <laughs> and there are, I mean, there there are some good things that he's done. I mean, there's been a lot of regulations that have been um, repealed because of the, like, every time we add one, we have to get rid of two that yeah. he has going on. And, um, you know, th- to that, to that, that's a good thing. I do think that there's been some things that have been partially beneficial to our entrepreneurs that have come to pass since Trump has been in office. But for the most part, I mean, when I talk to people, I don't hear people saying that they're having a financial boom and that they can go buy things that they couldn't buy before. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't hear I don't hear financial booming happening to the people I talk to on the street. The no. people I talk to on the street still feel the pinch and especially feel the uh, cost of living increases, um, especially in rents. Um, so I, I, I just I think both sides are just way off. Like the Republicans are trying to think that they are they're, they're trying to argue that we have this great economy. And that's what they're that's what Trump's going to ride on. But if we have yeah. the collapse before the election, like Trump's going to lose, man. And, yeah. and that's not necessarily bad, except that the other option might be like Stalin, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> especially with how these people are talking, I mean, they've gone completely off the event on the left. So yeah. So one of the, uh, the clips I saw of the, uh, the Democrat debate, um, and I think it was on night two, they were talking about would people still have uh, private health insurance and nobody raised their hand on that one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, it's just going to be government only. Great. <laughs> Just kill me, please. This is like my. I was like, even up in Canada, what you guys are always saying is the best healthcare ever. You know, they have a lot of private insurance and concierge uh, medical stuff. And in fact, when you go up there, that's like all of the billboards everywhere. And oftentimes, it's those private insurers that are actually the ones who end up saving people in a really severe, life-threatening situation. You know, like if someone has really. uh, like fast progressing cancer, fast progressing cancer, or something like that. They usually will have to go to a private insurer to even, or, or, or excuse me, it's the private insurers that'll actually be able to finance something like that in a time frame that will allow that person to survive. If yeah. you only relied on the government insurance, you'd probably be waiting. You know, you might have like a, a year long waiting period before you could receive chemo or something. Yeah, and, and that your would life be a, expectancy might be six months. Yeah, and that would be a year long of deliberations at a death panel. 
to yes. even go forward with it, which nobody wants to talk about. I know. And did you see that? Um, I, I think that they they appealed it and were able to get it changed. But a trial court in the UK had ruled that because a woman uh, was mentally incompetent, like you know, she had some kind of uh, disability of some kind, that mm-hmm. she was gonna she was gonna have to have a forced abortion of her child. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. So um, it's like this is what yeah. We, where's the whole my body, my choice in that government Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say? I shouldn't talk over you like that. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was I was trying to quip. It was like, yeah, where's the uh, my body, my choice in that situation? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's like you know, it goes from we want to make sure that we have access to abortions too. We're gonna force one upon you because yeah. we don't think that you're gonna be a fit mother. Yeah. Wow. If that isn't some straight hot fire to end an episode of a podcast on, let me tell you. So, anyways, that was the Rebel with a Cause podcast with Mr. Eric Heiler. Our next podcast up today happens to be the Gold Standard with Alan Mosley. I've been really wanting to get a clip of this guy in here because he is a fantastic podcaster. Perhaps the only person I know may be more snarky than me. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm not. I'm not wrong at all. Dude's got a mouth on him. Anyways, he's having a fun conversation here with Sherry Voluntary of the Sherry Voluntary Show and also of his show, Postcards from Somalia. But let's have a look and see what kind of nonsense they're wrapping us up in this week. They're going to bitch about the cops some more? It's Sherry, so probably. This is a biology, and, and knowing what we know about the state, mm-hmm. if she were to do that, they would probably raid her for being a business of prostitution. Like, that's the kind of crap they do. So, Yeah, well, yeah, if they want to get you, they'll figure out yeah. a way. They'll figure out a way to get you. And so, kind of tying this all back in, because you had brought up the prostitution angle in Nevada and that sort of thing, is that the reason why, I, I think another thing that re- really hits home to people is, you have all these different movements. You don't have a liberty movement, that doesn't exist. But you do have, you do have a feminist movement, you have a progressive movement, you have, you have cha- transgender activists such as Jessica Yaniv, and sometimes they overlap. But sometimes they come to heads with one another. Yes. And this one really comes to heads because... Someone who is trying to be all-inclusive, the LGBTQTT blah, 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 plus, plus, plus. The person who's trying to accommodate everyone equally has to then come to terms with, well, what do I value more? Do I value the woman's right to not be subjected to this contact? Or do I value this man's right to call himself a woman and be serviced as such? Yeah, that's where you get the TERFs, the trans-excluding radical feminists. Yeah. That's, it's crazy. But, you know, that's the thing is that... Um, when when you look at what's true, it's generally simple. Mm-hmm. Truth is generally simple. Yeah. Um, and so it's simple to, to understand that there are injustices in this world, minor and major, and it may be an injustice that you are whatever and you can't get service from whoever. That may be sort of an injustice. It's not fair, but it's not mm-hmm. actionable. And it's within the rights of other people to be wrong about you and about anybody else or anything else. And you are not owed someone else's labor. Mm-hmm. That's where it all comes down to. No matter what good idea that you want, whether it's healthcare or anything else, um, you think doctors should have to perform services for people. But that is like you said earlier, mm-hmm. it's slavery. That is slavery. It's, a, it's not chattel slavery, but it's a completely different kind of slavery. When you can claim ownership over another individual and their labor, that is slavery. Clear and simple. And and I did find that quote, and I'd like to read it because it's really good. This is Thomas Sowell, and he's amazing. Um, Economic policies need to be analyzed in terms of the incentives they create rather than the hopes that inspired them. 
and it didn't have the uh, the whole thing on it, but it, it says something in the end about um, you know the ends don't justify the means, basically. Well, so so we're getting in a little bit into negative rights versus positive rights, and that of course positive rights don't exist. There's no such thing. You're you're not owed anything. You're not entitled to anything. Right. Now, you, you're, you're enti- negative rights is, is only so much as you're entitled to not be ingressed upon. Mm-hmm. The not, hence, therefore, negative rights. Right. You, you, you have a, when, you, when we say, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, which, of course, did not originally property. exist. It was life, liberty, and property. <laughs> that, is, that is your own pursuance. That's what that means. You, know, you should not be obstructed. If you, are a, if you are a peaceful individual that is striving for X, Y, and Z, you should not be ingressed upon to stop you. Right. But you're not owed anything right the only obligation you have is not to aggress on others and so if again if if those principles were applied to the situation this is immediately a non-factor the business says well we don't owe you any service even even if jessica was a woman and had a vagina i mean they could still say well we don't like you go away Mm -hmm. and that's perfectly fine and you know what i and and again and and, i mean maybe it's easy for us to say but You know, if, if you and I, when we got done with the show, went went down the street here for lunch and we walked in and they said, look, we're busy and frankly, we don't want to seat you anyway. Then, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I wouldn't be upset by that. Right. But you better believe I wouldn't be going out of my way to give them money. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be going out of my way to talk them down in the community yeah. and give them terrible reviews and then go to one of their competitors. Yeah. That would be that would be the best thing you could do. Mm-hmm. And that's not violent, by the way. Right. I didn't say burn their restaurant down. I didn't say shoot the clerk behind the register. Right. <laughs> But I did say, but if you want to go out into the community of your own free will and say, hey, that place turned down my business. I don't like the way I was treated. This place over here treated me better. That's just the free market at work. Real freedom necessitates unfairness. Mm -hmm. You have to allow for unfairness. And you are not uh, like you're not entitled to fairness. Mm -hmm. That's not what you're entitled to. You're entitled to be able to make your own way in the world. And I think Eric July talked about this on on my show um, a long time ago is that, look, if someone doesn't want to serve black people, I want to know who they are so -hmm. that I don't give them my business. They don't get the benefit of my money. I can vote with my dollars. That's what really hurts them. Mm -hmm. And I reputation in the community. Um, So I I think if if the free market, if there Mm -hmm. were a free market and we're actually allowed to work, that we would see less racism than we do now because the the laws, when they come in with the proxy force and they force you to do things, that creates resentments that then people can use to hang on to and keep with, mm-hmm. from knowing the other different kind of person. And so I think the free market, you would have the incentive of needing to make money. So that racism would probably be much lessened mm-hmm. in a society like that than what we have where it seems to be, it creates more divisions. Thank yeah. you, State. Well, and so kind of bringing this around full circle is that, so let's say this. I'll be honest, those two never disappoint. Just when you thought it wasn't going to, wasn't going to be anything to to write home about, wow, do they give you a doozy of a, let's trigger everyone. Isn't that Alan's motto, trigger everyone. So that was the gold standard with Mr. Alan Mosley with guest Sherry Voluntary. Let's have a look at our next podcast, which is going to be The Rebellion with Banks and Shane. Uh, I'll be honest, not my favorite podcast personally because it's not my kind of people, but I can say when it comes to professionalism and knowing what the hell they're talking about, 
they're definitely a fantastic podcast to listen to. Just, you know, not for weird, uppity, lefty people like me. So let's have a listen and see what they're getting into this week. In a cop's face. And so I think in in, in a big way, she was right there. But if, if you let these politicians be able to point at anything, whether it's right and wrong, and, and get as much, atten- as much attention, we shouldn't be surprised that, that bad things get attention. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it it's exactly right. And in this day and age, that's uh, that's what they will hoist up the uh, the flagpole for everybody in the world to see. It's a shame, man. It's a shame. That's that's why we are, I think, charging ahead the way we are. Banks is because that kind of stuff is on the way out. Hopefully, and and the <laughs> I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but there, there there's uh, there are some groups out there uh, that are not real fond of the quote unquote boomers that are doing this kind of stuff. And I I don't like to generalize an entire generation, but I'll tell you right now there there is there is a very large sect of very outspoken people who are the senior citizens of our society that are acting like absolute children right now and i maybe it's not just the boomers it's gen x as as well and all that fun stuff but i so i I know what you're talking about there's like a bunch of memes these days um using the term boomers to be like these people that play into the duopoly politics yes and and, if you don't vote on the other side if you don't vote for trump it's a vote for the democrats and if you don't vote like that kind of crap but that's that's why we need to do what you just did and be extra careful because actually just pointing at boomers yeah. takes away from our credibility, <laughs> even though it's funny. Like we have to, I'm we saying have to prevent in, ourselves. Yeah, in we just. have to make ourselves boring by being like, no, we're not allowed to laugh at these memes <laughs> that are hilarious. It, it, My favorite is the one that points. It's a picture of uh, uh, who who's the guy that started uh, uh, Turning Point USA. Oh, Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk. It's a picture of Charlie Kirk. Um, and they've they photoshopped it to make his eyes like closer together because yeah. that's like a, a jab on him. <laughs> yeah. um, but but it's not just that. It says uh, Turning Point USA, turning turning uh, libertarian leaning college students into boomers since <laughs> when, whenever Turning Point started, like two years ago. <laughs> and as much as it's funny, and it really is funny. Um, the reason I think it's a good meme, as long as it's not taken the wrong way because of the word boomers and the generalization there, it's that, yeah, while Obama was president, TPUSA was pretty damn good. And now, unfortunately, they've let this big, this, this bigger force that has been in effect for, for decades, which is the duopoly politics, take over. And they've become hi- hypocrites in, in, in lots of ways. And it yeah. makes their group of people who are college students play into what previous generations boomers of which are one have been playing into for for a long time which is playing in, into the hypocrisy and the just being the opposite of, of the other side and when the other side is stupid the opposite of stupid is not necessarily like intelligent it can be just <laughs> as stupid sometimes yeah so it's, it's kind of sad actually when you think about it, it so is. no more laughing we can only cry <laughs> at the descent of uh of um, rational thought in America. Yeah, what a sad place that would be. I don't even know if, <laughs> I, if I'm even capable of not laughing at this kind of stuff. But it's actually the same the same logic you have to apply to like race. Like how old somebody is, is, is man, I, I almost cussed. I never cussed um, like that, but uh, is like completely irrelevant. And the age and the, the right. color of people is completely, completely irrelevant. And so I think we can all laugh about things and generalize a little bit because it makes it makes com- com- communicating, especially memes, easier. Yeah. But we just have to repeat that. Like, it doesn't matter what age you are, or what color you are. Like, that's we, we don't need to talk about it, like, literally ever. Yeah. You should you should save all your sadness for our next story. 
Right. Yeah. So maybe it's just because people want to try and take away my boomer memes. Look, if laughing at my dad and my grandma and those types isn't uh, something I'm allowed to do, I don't know what the hell the point in living is. Anyways, so folks, it has been another fantastic episode of This Week in Liberpods with Nikki P. I hope you found something that you like. You found your new favorite podcast. Why don't you go like the uh, like the Facebook page, go and subscribe to us in the podcatcher if you're if you like what you heard. Most importantly, give us a good review and tell everyone you can because the way that this thing really is gonna take off is if we build a community around our podcasters and around our content creators to help build this libertarian community. Now there's so many people doing fantastic things. And if you want to find out more Head on over to liberpods.com and get yourself put on our mailing list so that we can give you all the goodies that we have to give. I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure what all the goodies are right now, but if information is a goodie, then we've got information for you. So don't be bashful. Thank you for listening, and go and tell everyone you know to listen to This Week in Liberpods.